Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on April 26, 2021 from James Island, South Carolina. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This podcast cuts through the noise and gives you South Carolina-specific COVID-19 news and stories. This episode features a look at the legislative calendar for this week. We get an update on just how massive and important the manufacturing industry is for our state and the challenges it faces to stay number one in the Southeast. Former Congressman Joe Cunningham throws his hat in the ring for the 2022 governor's race, and we have the latest on the return of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Additionally, we want to hear your stories, we want to hear your voices, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from y'all about your life in these different times. Wild times. Leave us a message, 803-563-7169. You can tell us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. Because the hopper has run dry, folks, and we want to hear about what's going on. It's springtime. Things are changing. We're all changing. What's happening with you? You know, tell us what you thought about the Oscars, what you think about the races going on right now in the state as we look forward to 2022 and the midterms, what your thoughts are on what's going on in the state house as we approach Sine Die. So much to talk about. Let us know what you're thinking about. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is ongoing, widespread, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 8,307 confirmed deaths, and currently there are 479,618 confirmed cases being reported in all 46 counties as of April 26 at 4 p.m. Our current percent positive rate is 4.7%. 490 patients are currently hospitalized with COVID-19, 129 are in intensive care, and 63 are in ventilators. Let's start off with a look at the legislative calendar for this week. In the Senate, the big focus this week, obviously, is the floor debate on the roughly $10 billion budget, as Russ McKinney reported in our last pod. But a Judiciary Subcommittee is taking up the House-approved open carry with training bill, as it's called, on Tuesday morning. There will be another Judiciary Subcommittee hearing Wednesday for several bills, including one that would void marriages under the age of 18 instead of 16 in the state. There will be another subcommittee hearing on S2, that's a bill that would break up DHEC, and the bill could be before the full Senate Medical Affairs Committee later this week. Over in the House, the calendar has swelled to 19 pages, with debate over execution methods expected this week. A similar Senate bill that would allow death row inmates to choose between death by a firing squad or electrocution was approved by a subcommittee Wednesday. Currently, there are two inmates that have already ran out of appeals and yet can't be executed in the state, and a third will likely join them this month. That's because the state cannot obtain the lethal injection drugs to carry out their executions. The AP reports eight other states use the electric chair, which South Carolina hasn't used since 2008, and four states still use firing squads. No one has been executed by the state in nearly 10 years. Next up, former 1st Congressional District Democrat Joe Cunningham told the Post and Courier Sunday evening that he was officially running for governor. As you know, since you lived here during the 2020 Senate race, it's extremely difficult for a Democrat to win statewide, even with $130 million in the bank like Jamie Harrison did, who still lost to Senator Lindsey Graham by 10%. Governor Jim Hodges was the last Democrat elected to the governor's mansion in 1998. 
And finally, in our politics section, the Census Bureau released apportionment and population counts for states on Monday. Sadly, before our podcast taped, these are the first numbers to be released from the 2020 census. Now, these are just high-level numbers. The most detailed demographic data used to redraw election maps will be released by August 16th. Apportionment has been going on since the first census back in 1790, back when each member of the U.S. House represented about 34,000 people. Today, each member represents around 700,000 people, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Since 1940, the method of equal proportions has been used to distribute the 435 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. One seat is given to every state per the Constitution. Then, a formula is used to distribute the remaining 385 seats. The formula calculates values on each state's total population and the number of potential seats each state could receive. Those values are then ranked to determine how many additional seats each state receives. Now, we got our 7th Congressional District seat in 2012 following the last census. We lost the 7th Congressional District during the 1930 apportionment. Despite our population growth over the past decade, an 8th seat is not expected. Of course, all this data has been delayed due to the pandemic and efforts by the Trump administration to delay the decennial count which also helps determine how some $1.5 trillion in annual federal spending is sent to states. And real quick, be on the lookout, folks. U.S. Senator Tim Scott on Wednesday evening will deliver his party's response to President Joe Biden's address before a joint session of Congress. We know manufacturing is a huge part of our state's economy, but just how large is its footprint? Around $206 billion. That's a lot of cheddar, folks. Last week, the South Carolina Manufacturers Alliance, in partnership with SC Future Makers, a nonprofit workforce and education organization affiliated with SCMA, and the University of South Carolina Darlamore School of Business, released a report examining the role of the industry in the state. USC research economist Dr. Joey Von Nessen prepared the report and participated in a press conference with the governor and others. South Carolina's economic growth has been driven by manufacturing over the past decade, but that certainly does not guarantee by itself that manufacturing, that those trends in manufacturing will necessarily continue going forward. We still maintain a strong competitive advantage in South Carolina, uh, but the state has to be very proactive in keeping pace with the evolving trends that we are seeing in the industry and in the broader global marketplace as we move forward to stay on top in the the 2020s. Manufacturing has the potential to continue to benefit South Carolinians, and the bottom line is that it has the potential to continue to provide numerous jobs that are high-wage, high-skilled positions for South Carolinians, giving them more opportunities, and that's the real value that manufacturing provides to the state. So what can we observe about manufacturing's contribution to South Carolina's economy? There are several ways that we can see this very clearly. First of all, we can see it by examining simple growth rates. If we look at advanced manufacturing, which we define as the aerospace, the automotive, and the tire sectors, the advanced manufacturing sector, it's been growing consistently at about three times the rate of South Carolina overall over the past decade, going back to 2010. About 7.8% on average per year, compared to about 2.5% on average per year for the state of South Carolina. 
Secondly, we see manufacturing experience more job growth in South Carolina than in any other southeastern state over the past decade. South Carolina had the highest cumulative growth rate for both advanced manufacturing, the subset of the, the subset of manufacturing known as advanced manufacturing, as well as for the manufacturing sector as a whole. So regardless of how we define it, we still see South Carolina ranked as number one compared to all other southeastern states. Like Von Nessen said, the state's manufacturing industry is largely anchored by the aerospace, automotive, and tire sectors, along with their extended supply chains. These three sectors experienced growth at a collective rate of more than three times the state average over the past decade. Bazinga, folks. That's some that's 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 big growth right there. Here's Joey elaborating. We find that manufacturing in South Carolina, the current annual economic impact for the state is approximately two hundred six billion dollars annually. And this represents about seven hundred and three thousand jobs, about seven hundred and three thousand jobs when accounting for both the direct effects as well as all of the economic multiplier effects, these secondary economic effects that result from all of the suppliers that manufacturers work with, as well as all the, all of the local businesses that are supported by the employees when they go out and they spend their wages in the local economy on a variety of different industry sectors. All of those local businesses see an uptick in demand and we see additional jobs created in those sectors as well. You're probably like, okay, Gavin, this sounds just like the ports. Why do I care about this? Because it's huge, folks, and it has a major impact on the state. And what we're talking about here is about 30% of the state's employment base is tied to manufacturing, according to Von Nessen. And for every 10 jobs created by manufacturing, 14 are created elsewhere in the state. And some subsectors have an even higher multiplier effect. Hmm, see, you could probably be even part of this. You don't even know it. Now, among the 127 specific manufacturing occupations examined, those likely to be in highest demand over the next decade are also the ones most likely to require some form of post-secondary education. This highlights a marked shift towards a more high-skilled, experienced workforce. Von Nessen elaborates on what that looks like and what the challenges are. Well, from a workforce standpoint, it basically means that we're seeing more requirements for uh, for workers in terms of post-secondary education and more experience. The, the, the manufacturing occupations in highest demand very clearly show <clears throat> a deviation from the, the broader sector as a whole in terms of that spe those specific types of, of training initiatives that will be needed. I think more broadly, as we look ahead over the next decade, um, there are several uh, several changes that are coming. We don't know exactly what they'll look like. I think one prominent one that, that we hear talked about a lot is the transition towards electric vehicles and what that implies for the supply chain changes for manufacturing um, in the U.S. as a whole and in manufacturing in, in South Carolina specifically. Uh, that involves not only supply chain issues but also issues related to energy costs which are going to be more and more relevant for uh, automobile production in, in particular. So those are the types of changes that, that we see coming that we have to really stay on, on top of because they're, gonna, they're going to come very quickly and, uh, and, and the, the market moves very, very fast. And that's why these workforce initiatives are so important. Speaking of manufacturing, Boeing will be releasing its first quarter earnings on Wednesday. Last week, Boeing's board raised the mandatory retirement age for Dave Calhoun from 65 to 70 as he turns 64, a vote of confidence for the CEO, according to the Seattle Times. This comes after the worst financial year for the aerospace giant ever, when it lost nearly $12 billion and continued to struggle to recover following the nearly two-year grounding of 737 MAX jets and new issues around the 787 Dreamliner.
real quick, you probably already heard the news, but South Carolinians are once again able to receive the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine following updated guidance from the CDC and FDA, which lifted the temporary pause of the vaccine last Friday due to extremely rare but dangerous blood clots. The agencies determined that the benefits outweigh the known and potential risks of the vaccine since just 15 out of the nearly 8 million people developed blood clots. This resulted in three deaths, seven women remain hospitalized, and five have been discharged from hospitals. The vaccine label will now feature a warning about the remote chance of clotting. Here is CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky discussing the data. Based on the in-depth analysis, there is likely an association, but the risk is very low. What we are seeing is the overall rate of events was 1.9 cases per million people. In women 18 to 49 years, there was an approximate seven cases per million. And the risk is even lower in women over the age of 50 at 0.9 cases per million. Over the last week, CDC also conducted a key risk benefit analysis, looking at use of the vaccine both on a population level and at an individual level. In terms of benefits, we found that for every 1 million doses of this vaccine, the J&J vaccine could prevent over 650 hospitalizations and 12 deaths among women aged 18 to 49. And this vaccine could prevent over 4,700 hospitalizations and nearly 600 deaths among women over 50. So again, like many pharmaceuticals out there, there are some risks and side effects involved. But the CDC and FDA see those remote risks being outweighed by the greater potential to save lives, like you just heard Dr. Walensky describe. Welcome to our wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. So let us know what you're up to, how you're holding up, what's life like these days, how different is it for you, what's maybe stayed the same. Let us know, 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and just a little one to three minute long message for us. Because the hopper is empty, folks. Bone dry. Bone dry. That's how warm it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we just lifted lifted up the hood, we took off the cap, and... (laughs) everything falls apart like in blues brothers when they they, this is what your calls (laughs) protect us from okay yeah because now now you're really gonna get it folks but (laughs) this is bad but to help spur people at i think we should do a giveaway oh uh, i don't (laughs) i don't know if we can well we can't technically maybe give anything away but the first 100 callers will get the opportunity for the possibility oh. to probably maybe get yeah. entered into a drawing for an air fryer. We're just going <laughs> to... Yeah, the first uh, 300 callers get entered in. So we need 300 voicemails before any possible air fryers are given yeah. out. We need to hit... Gavin and AT may or may not embezzle air fryers. No. <laughs> we need to hit 300 air... We need... 300. Oh. We need to hit we 300... All, <laughs> we all need 300 air fryers. Simultaneous air frying. Yeah. yeah, we can only give them away after we reach 300. We need this done by next month. <laughs> Uh, um, and, and then at we, that Gavin point, and I made some big promises here, <laughs> and you guys really got to bail us out. We only got a few because I don't know if you heard about air fryers, but they're really cool, and likely all yeah. of our listeners probably already have one. 
But if you don't, this is your shot. Not that you might get one. I just want to explain that we're operating under maritime law here, and we can't do these drawings unless we're 50 miles yeah, offshore. Yeah, you will, you will have to accept your air fryer in open water, <laughs> yes, international waters. That is a huge um, part. Uh, and I, I, I feel like I do have to say uh, the lead may or may not, and uh, most likely will not give you an air fryer ever. But, but please but. call. <laughs> if you call now, there's a remote possibility that you could get an air fryer. So, you know, that's that's better than nothing, I would say. Yeah, I mean... Who knows? Maybe one will just show up at your house. <laughs> Maybe you'll have to come into international waters and steal it from a pirate. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's better than nothing, even though the likelihood is nothing. It's worse than I, just, nothing I would right just now. like to point out that this is what you get when you don't call. Okay, <laughs> This is where innovation and, uh, comes from. This is on you. Oh, yeah, innovation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I don't, can, I, can I start off by talking about innovation you're speaking, here? You're speaking of innovation, Dan, let's, let's toss down here, it here. A, live, a live report from James Island here, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was out with my dad and my stepmom on Saturday. Been down here since Thursday evening. We went out downtown Charleston just to go walking, um, you know, check things out, see what's going on, get a bite. I want to do some shopping. Didn't buy anything. Didn't see anything I needed or wanted. But it was Saturday, mm-hmm. and if you were in the state, you know, it was like raining everywhere in the state on Saturday. We knew I'm this not was in coming. The state. I don't know. <laughs> well, it came up your way. Can't anyway. relate. Yeah. Can't relate. That's why I'm explaining to people who might oh, not be. Oh, okay. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> I travel. I mean, I travel extensively, so I'm rarely here too. <laughs> yeah, international waters. But so we knew it was going to rain. We had a little little window of opportunity to go out and about. So we brought our umbrellas. We packed our patience and a you know a good attitude overall. Uh, mm-hmm. But as it once it started raining, we're like, oh, we'll just duck into a bar, get a quit a you know bind a pint of something, a bite of something, go to Tommy Condon's. We love Blah. little Irish bar. You know, I'm not Blah. going. There. I'm not going there for the Blah. food, folks. I'm just I want Blah. a pint of Guinness after walking all day. The dark, anyway, he, he wanted to go into a cave, a dark, dark cave. Yeah, with, oh, they also have an outdoor wood. space, which is nice. But we get there. It's somehow dark outside. And holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. To the gills. Packed to the gills. Everywhere. And there's, the fans aren't even going outside. I was like, okay, this is a little much. Uh, so that was one alternative. And then we, uh, that was one stop. And then we had a couple of alternatives to go to. But everywhere we stopped was just packed out. So everyone fled into these different restaurants. But I'm just saying it was... It was crazy. And then you read these articles about, you know, just like the wait staff and the service industry, you know, being mm-hmm, understaffed mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of people having attitudes with people and rudeness. It's just like, you know, give them a break, people. They are working hard out there. And well, I say all this to get to the point. It's roadblocks like this yes. that, that that spur innovation. So we're, we're getting wet. We're running around. I'm wearing shoes that I should not have been get wearing wet. out. And Gavin's talking about PCP. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> God. So we go. We say, let's go. Let's go to where everyone knows our name, where the Prosecco flows like water. And that would yeah. be just go back home where it's safe. Sure. And we did that. And then we were having some margarita. Jay Jackson says, you know, I'm thinking about a margarita. I was expecting mm. mimosas for the most part. Sure throws this curveball of tequila. I'm like, that sounds like a fun idea. It's gross outside. But we didn't have enough limes. Let's make it gross so we inside. Made, we, made, <laughs> we made one pitcher with limes, <laughs> but we had all this watermelon, so then we, we just started Let's making get to watermelon the... margaritas. Yes, there we go. And there were Innovate. some funny moments there because Jay was, you know, get the ice out of the freezer, and every time it popped out, he touched, like, basically every ice cube that went to everyone's drink. I was like, Jesus, Jay. You're saying he's God. a connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. Handcrafted cocktails involve hands-on treatment of ice cubes. Yeah. But so you're saying that these were these were superior. They margs. were delicious margaritas, uh, and you know they just the watermelon, the fresh watermelon juice. You you couldn't even really taste the tequila unless you wanted to. I mean, it was just marvelous. And you know, 
Things happened. It was a long day, but we had a fun day playing cards. It was just fun. Now it was you a nice, don't know it was a nice why development your back hurts. from just yeah, and now I don't know why my back hurts. <laughs> but there were some laughs. There were some fun moments, uh, and we have a new drink now. So I'm very excited about that. I gotta Try say, it. I gotta I mean, say, an unpopular opinion that I hold is that I don't, I don't think margaritas are good. I well, think they taste like bad Gatorade. I think you just you need to get a. Well, I mean, what were you basing this off of? Like some sort of green pitcher from you know like. <laughs> A really bad any, Mexican any, restaurant? Yeah, any Mexican restaurant. I don't know. You need a handcrafted one, AT. Someone to really... You haven't had one where somebody's dad has touched, touched every, every cube. ice cube. <laughs> no, you're, I mean, you're probably talking about like the green stuff that they pour out. I'm talking about like a nice... It looks like Gatorade. Freshy. Yeah. Well, this yeah, one looked gross. like... Um, this one just looked like juice, and it was kind of like juice, so... I'll make this went down like I'm, juice. When I'm home. Now you're back. I need to touch, yeah, I need to touch all my all the ice cubes. That's the I'll secret. lick them all before you get there, so they'll be ready. <laughs> you gotta pre moisten them and let them melt just a little bit to release that the essence. But um, you are still on a food tour. I, I, I'm still I'm still in uh, I'm still on a, on Jersey time, baby. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm ripping my body to shreds in a, in a bad way. <laughs> I know um, we should have weighed you before you went up there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I was at two eighteen to start. We'll see. We'll see what I hit. Uh, which which way <laughs> I out at this? <laughs> yeah. uh, what my max bulk? Um, uh, yeah. So since I've last spoken to everyone here, I've eaten uh, more more bagels, and I'm eating pizza tonight. Uh, oh yes. Who knows what else? I don't know. It's, this is your I'm first just, pizza experience up there to date. No, I had I've had pizza already. Okay, <laughs> and I got my calamari too. So I've I've hit everything I've wanted to hit. I got dumplings in there, really mm -hmm. really good dumplings. So uh, I'm dying uh, slowly but surely. <laughs> and uh, uh, what else? Oh, Caitlin and I we we uh, hustled both my father in law and brother in law in pool, and Caitlin and I really 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 suck at pool. So it was uh, a devastating yeah, blow. It's making you stronger, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think all the... I carry all my weight in my arms. So <laughs> I think that extra arm mass is just uh, slam, slamming pool balls into each other straight into the pool holes. I don't know. Pockets? Holes? Pockets. I don't know. Look at this guy. He's ringing people and he doesn't know how to say oh. pockets. <laughs> yeah, last time, we, well, last time we played pool, I think, was when we played in West Ashley once. So West randomly, Ashley, yes. but that was like four years ago. Yeah. And Gosh. you were way better than me, so I don't I don't know where this uh, pool pool shark uh, abilities came from, but they're there. And uh, be afraid. <laughs> 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 you're gonna show up and you're just got like a pool table at your house now. I'm like, where did this come from? Well, I'm, I'm playing pool now. Every other game of pool my whole life was actually all part of an elaborate ruse, a very long con. And last night, for the first time, I said, "How about we put some money on it?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You built up <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> I won t uh, 10, 10 stacks off my grandfather, my, wow, my father-in-law. Yeah, 10 oh. stacks. That's that's a it's lot like a of bones. a dozen bagels, right? It's <laughs> like five or six bagels, I think. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think it's funny with like, you know, why are pool tables sold with hot tubs? You know, did you ever see those stores? It's like oh, always like they the come patio together. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like the, the, the luxury goods section. Great Ooh, minds think table. alike. <laughs> Great minds. Yes. I don't have Say either. goodbye to the folks, Gavin. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> there you go. See you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to the pod, folks. Show us your appreciation by leaving us a review or a voicemail at 803-563-7169. You heard us, folks. The hopper is dry. We are struggling to talk in our wind-down section. We need to hear from you. <laughs> Please help us out, 803-563-7169. <laughs> and you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Oh, I don't know what I did to my lower back, but something's happened here. <laughs>
<laughs> You're so old. <laughs> <laughs>